Three figures descend the strange spiraling ramp into the ruins below. Purplish red material on the floor and walls give off a faint glow, strengthened by sheets of some unidentified metallic substance. The team of Xeno Wardens are bristling with anticipation and excitement. The chance to discover the ancient structures of a species that has long disappeared to the annals of history and time, urging them every step down. The ramp eventually gives way to a circular room entirely made of that same purplish material. The Xeno Wardens carefully begin to explore the room, the android among them diligently taking notes and cataloging everything they see and find. The female Korlu looks back to the intern they brought with them. The human male is clearly in awe as he takes in the surroundings, reaching out to a transparent cylindrical chamber filled with a blue plasma-like substance. Mr. Man, do not touch anything. We are here simply to observe. These ruins are God knows how old, and we cannot disturb them. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry, dude. I mean, I'm just drawn to the energy, you know? Like, this is some heady-heady stuff, dude. The Coralou relaxes a bit, knowing that the young man is just eager. He has been an incredible student, and has even brought a sense of heart and compassion to this team that was, to be frank, a bit lacking with the android as her only teammate. Of course, Randy, I feel it too. Just, just be careful, please. Uh, I will be, Tala, I will. Tala looks at Weldy for a while, sensing a bit of defiance there, but Weldy has been nothing but respectful to her position as team leader, so she turns back to the technology panels that line the strange walls, trusting that Mr. Mann will keep his hands to himself. After a few minutes, Tala and Ariad N5, the android, are able to engineer the door open into the main chambers of this buried facility. While there is all manner of technology here, it is all dormant as if the site had been cut off from its power source. The Xeno Wardens press forward into the alien chambers. The door opens into a large circular hall with several doors to choose from. Talo leads them through the southern door and after a few more minutes of using the batteries they brought with them to provide power enough to open their passage, they step into a large space that looks like it may have been a medical lab of some sort. Three cryo-storage cylinders sit in the middle of the room, caked in what must be millennia of dust. Tella can sense a strange feeling here, though she can't quite suss it out. She looks over her shoulder for Weldy to come forward and use his mystic senses, but when she turns around, he is nowhere to be seen. Mr. Man? Weldy? Weldy? The young human bounds around the curved hallway with a sheepish grin on his face. Oh, sorry, Tella. I got distracted. Look at all the ruins on the hallway. Do you see them? I think that these may be similar to the inscriptions that were found on the drift rock in Stellar Degenerator a few years ago. Weldy, that is indeed fascinating. But please, stay close. While this facility seems long dormant and abandoned, I fear that something may still reside. Even if not... This is an archaeological site now, and protocol must be followed. Uh, Of course. I'm sorry. It's okay, Mr. Man. Now that you have joined us, can you sense anything here? 
The mystic closes his eyes and reaches out with his feelings for a moment. Tella always admired mystic's connections to the ethers of sense and feeling, and she had to admit, Mr. Mann has shown great aptitude for this particular skill of empathy and intuition. Weldy's eyes open in a start and sweat beads on his brow. Tella, we should avoid those cryogenic pads. Seriously, dude, that is some bad juju over there. Noted. While the Coralu put out a presentation of collected calm, she was starting to get a feeling in her gut. They were in a much more dangerous situation than she initially had anticipated. However, she was chosen as leader of this team for a reason. She is tenacious and determined. Ariad, what about you? Do you see anything here, or should we explore the rest of the facility? The android coldly surveys the room, adjusting their vision receptors to a highly advanced scan setting. Tella can tell that Weldy is feeling the dread too, as he starts shifting his stance and humming, a tick that Tella has noticed he does when he feels nervous. After a few moments, the android turns to Tella. Scans show that there is a hidden egress in the southeastern corner of this room. I am picking up significant technological routings behind that door. It is as if all the cables and networking leads from that room. Tella thinks for a moment and then decides that the team should explore this new area. She will pull them out for the day after this, but it sounds like they may have found the central control center for this facility. Okay, team. Let's take Mr. Man's advice and keep as much distance between ourselves and those cryotakes as possible. Hug the walls and head towards that secret door. Should I activate these invisibility spheres? No, not yet, Mr. Man. Clearly disappointed, but without argument, Weldy joins the android in the Corlu as they make their way towards the hidden door. The android is able to open the door fairly easily, though they make a few concerning whirs and hums as they do. Is everything okay, Ariad? Yes, though I think with power this door could be quite dangerous. As it stands now, though we should be, the android opens the door. Fine. Tella and Weldy let out a breath of relief and step into the room. Unlike the rest of these rooms, this chamber is made entirely of metal and is absent of the purplish-red material. There are panels and consoles on all of the walls. However, a hexagonal workstation commands the attention of this room. Each of its six sides consists of a panel of switches, buttons, and keys. The three Xeno Wardens begin to explore the room in awe, each making notes on their data pads. An hour or so passes as they conduct their research. Weldy has put in some earbuds as he works, jamming out to the latest drop from DJ Trev. The mystic misses his friends, Trev most of all, and wonders what new planet Captain Fritz is taking them to and exploring, or what new adventure they might be enjoying. Weldy's eyes begin to cross as he works, and the length of the day starts to catch up with him. He takes his earbuds out, yawns, and stretches his arms a bit. He just needs to sit for a moment. He moves over to the workstation, and while there isn't a typical chair per se, there is a small bench in the middle. He sits down and props his feet up on the console. As soon as the heel of his foot hits the panel, the entire room lights up with an orange glow as displays, indicators, and equipment activates. 
The Xeno Wardens can hear the low hum of a generator powering up and various pieces of technological equipment coming to life. What? What's happening? She looks over and sees Weldy's feet on the console. Mr. Man, move your feet! But Weldy is already in reaction mode. He leaps from the workstation and runs to the door. Weldy, stop! The mystic looks out into the medical bay and sees the cryogenic pods starting to hum as power returns to their battery cells. He steps into the bay, trying to sense any life from the pods, but he gets nothing. He turns around to re-enter the control room, but the door slams shut. He is about to try to open the door, but Ariad shouts through the walls. Mr. Man, do not move. Do not touch the door. Well, he stops in his tracks, him on one side of the door and his team on the other. I believe we may be trapped inside. There are biometric readers on this door, and I am quite certain that the probability of any of our DNA matching the required biology is slim to none. I do not know if the facility has fully come online yet. However, it is best not to risk it. Tell her, I'm so sorry, I just, I was just tired, I... I didn't think that, that... I didn't think anything would turn on just from sitting down. I, I, I'm sorry. Mr. Man, take a breath. We are okay. There was no sign of any life when we did our initial scans of the area. We are going to be okay. I just need you to try to head back to the surface and radio to HQ that we need some extra help. Okay? Okay. I got this. I will get you out of there, I promise. Well, he runs out of the medical facility, the fear of the cryopods building in the very bones of his body. He navigates the circular hallway back to the central core where the ramp that leads out stands in the center. However, the door to that exit has now been sealed shut, and Ariad's warnings echo through Weldy's minds. Maybe there's another way out of here, he thinks to himself. He opens one of the other doors on the exterior wall of the hall, and it opens into another laboratory, though this one seems to be more Magitech-focused. Maybe he can find something here that opens the doors. This does seem to be a lab focused on developing whatever ancient technology permeates this facility. Well, he steps into the room and begins to search, but within moments he hears the sound of grinding machinery. He looks towards the sound and sees a massive construct of metal and nanites forming together as the power to the facility continues to come back online. A scanner locks onto Weldy like a singular red eye as the nanotech golem forms a black blade in one appendage and some sort of cannon in another. Oh shit, dude. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Okay, okay. Get it together. Be like Mike. Weldy casts reflective armor on himself and pulls the sword that Titanium Mike gave him some four years ago and charges towards the machine. We fade to black, and neon purple letters we see form into the shot. Apollo Protection Agency, Season 3, Devastation Arc.
Welcome back to season three of the Pilot Protection Agency. How are y'all doing? We're back. Let's go. We're back. Yeah. I am ready. We. <laughs> <laughs> the last prologue of the Apollo Protection Agency. What y'all? What y'all think? Uh, I personally right. think, Adam, you can probably squeeze another one in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Each, each next that, book, that do another prologue. You know? <laughs> yeah, prologue for each book. I think that's right. a solid right. approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I thought oh, it was man. awesome. I didn't. Really, stop there? <laughs> don't, don't let oh your dreams be dreams. You know what that's I mean? That's true. That's true. I hope uh, you got one for the next one. all uh, every every episode. <laughs> well, <Yep. laughs> Weldy is just weldies. doing like quantum leap type shit. Right, right. Weldy, no man, I don't Mr. think Weldy's odds are very good. I'll be honest with you. It's surely, surely he's out leveled that sword. He's made some adjustments. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all right. He took the magic strikes feet, so at least it counts as a magic. Well, weapon. yeah, that'll help yeah. him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Against yeah. a robot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what he needs. Who's, who's to say that robot's not powered by magic? Who's to say? I mean, mm-hmm. true. True. You got a 50 50 shot in Starfinder. <laughs> right. Something might be powered by magic, might be powered by technology. Could be hybrid, though. Mm -hmm. Could be both. Yeah, we'll call them A, we'll call them B, you know? Right, right, right. Oh, man. Are you guys excited for Devastation Arc? It's finally here. We're here. It is is finally here. It's It's, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's time to be Avengers. Um, First of all, are you glad that you aren't corrupted? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad all that stuff's over. Yeah, absolutely. Ironically, no. Like, I got to where I really liked my benefits from being oh. <laughs> I was just about to tag on to that. Yeah, I miss Shadow Vault. That's mm. the thing. I don't mm-hmm. miss mine. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I got the shittier end of yeah. that stick, you know? Yeah. Mm. But you yeah. embrace it so well. Well, yeah. it's either embrace it or cry, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. True, true. Why not both? Why not both? No, I'm super glad that we are done with, as much as I enjoyed Shadow times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad Shadow to be yeah, out of out of that. You know. mm-hmm. yeah. Shadow times. Well, now, now we're in devastation times, so it can it's only like, be better now. You know? It's only going up from here. You it's know? like uh, it's like good enough for good times, sad enough for shadow times. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in in starting a new arc. You know, seeing what's going yeah. on with all of it, and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really haven't given you guys much at all. Uh, no. About about what the what this is going to be. I mean, I think you got the idea that it's going to be. I keep saying Avengers level stuff, but that's just because you guys are high level at this point, you know. And like, so you know, they that the encounters that you have are just that much crazier. Um, but there, it's it's this is a very kind of weird action based adventure, um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to running y'all through it. And I'm also really looking forward to just seeing what high-level Starfinder play looks like or high-level play at all, really, <laughs> in any system looks like. Because this is going to be the highest we've ever gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is. should be pretty neat. Exciting and terrifying just because yeah. there's so many things to juggle. Right, right. Um, thank God we're all great at math. Yeah, it would be really <laughs> tough if we were bad at math, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a real doozy. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, don't worry, uh, folks. We got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> Professionals. Uh, listen, if y'all will indulge me for what has become pretty uh, standard here at STF, or at least APA, I'll say, is uh, another cut scene. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so y'all be careful. You might die. In this cutscene, if know. we're gonna die, this will be where it happens. This is gonna be the yeah. 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 time. We'll um, just hold hands like uh, the Thermal and Louise. What's her name? I haven't seen that one. Thermal and Louise. Thermal and Louise. Something like that. I can't remember now. Thelma. Uh, Thelma. 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 Yeah. Thermal and Louise. <laughs> you know what's funny is there actually is death in this cutscene. So. I guess that's just how it goes. Here we go. <laughs> Every time. Uh, so here we go. In a corner of the lush green landscape of Jatembe Park in Absalom Station, we are seeing a gathering of familiar faces. A small group of individuals stand in a circle in somber reverence around a titanium urn atop a pedestal. Noriko Zivarajni, Oren Vance, Felino Marana, and Kuiper Vargas are all looking to their friend, Michael Agamason, as he prepares to speak over the ashes of his father, Rupert. Tiffany, Irio, Etram, and Uli, the little mother, are all standing at the edges of the gathering, mourning the loss of the kindly Vesk. Ziva had pulled some strings to reserve this part of the park, a perk that has come with her new focus on civil service as a representative on Absalom's city council. She'd spent a good bit of her time on the city council laying the groundwork for a potential campaign run for a position on the Pact World Council. In any case, she'd been able to secure a peaceful spot for Michael and the rest of the crew to send Rupert off properly. Lestana Pools is at the Click Clack Club, preparing for the reception that is to follow Rupert's service. The cloned child of the tragically mad and evil Dr. Grigant had grown into a woman in these years and under the care and love of Uli, her adopted mother, she has become quite well-adjusted, all things considered. Uli had lovingly taught the child the normalcy of pain and how to deal with trauma and hurt healthily. She was going to be amazing at the task Ziva had in mind for her next. Still, Ziva is a bit nervous about the young woman's future, but the councilwoman knows it is mostly her own trauma at the root of these misgivings. Her experience with Dr. Grigant has left its scars. Ziva surveys the gathered group, and despite the circumstances that brought them here, her heart is filled to see everyone together again. She had not seen Kuiper since he left two and a half years ago to fight a second war against the swarm in the Susquehann system. While reports had come to her that the Susquehann Defense Force and their allies had defeated this new swarm in their god host, it was still good to actually see Kuiper in the flesh again. She knew he had spent the last year in the Vescarium with Mike and Rupert, and she was glad to see the two of them truly bonded in friendship. Kuiper had also been acting as a spy master of sorts for Ziva, off the books, of course. His particular skills were extremely helpful in allowing Ziva to clean up the crime around her district, instrumental in her eventual election. She hopes that the Patra has found some time for himself, as he always seemed to be fighting someone else's battles. At least now, he seems to be glad to be here next to Mike, even if the reasons are sad. She looks to Oren, 
currently tracing glowing runes of constellations onto the urn, whispering soft blessings for Rupert's adventures into the afterlife. After surviving their imprisonment on the Shadow Plane, and particularly after cleansing the Ebraic Temple, Orin has let go of a lot of the baggage that always seemed to weigh him down. He wasn't always a barrel of joy, but he engaged more with the staff of the pools and the APA with a renewed light in his eyes. He still preferred quiet meditation to lively parties, but now he seemed focused toward growth rather than regret. Ziva's eyes drift to Felino. She hadn't seen the Verthani in a year. He had gone with Mike to the Vescarium, but but it seems he had undergone his own type of transformation. When Fel told her he was going to visit with the CSV or Tiberius, she was worried that they would lose him to D9, despite the mechanic's assurances that the APA and the Tracer were his home. Of course, it turned out to be a baseless worry, as he now stands before her, looking as if he has grown two sizes. The tallest ever, really. The new augmentations make the already tall Vrathani even more towering, like a skyscraper of technology fused with toned muscle. His handsome features are only enhanced by his newfound confidence. Finally, Ziva looks to Michael. She missed him the most the last year, needing his jovial, no-nonsense outlook when things got... messy during her election campaign. When Michael called her and told her that Rupert had died, and that he was bringing his ashes back to Absalom Station, Ziva immediately made some calls to reserve the park. She had waited at the APA ship hangar for Michael and Kuiper's arrival, and as soon as that big old lizard stepped off the ship, she ran to him and threw her arms around his thick neck, sharing tears in each other's shoulders. Now, Mike stands in front of all of them, pulling out some cards, preparing to give a eulogy for his father. Ziva clears her throat to get the attention of the gathered, and they all look to Mike as he begins to speak. I'd like to thank everyone for being here today as we remember the life of my father. Rupert Agamason was not your typical Vesk. In many ways, he was the opposite of what people associate with the Vesk ident identity. He was a scientist. He was a teacher. He didn't care about all that bravado and conquest and demoritas bullshit, if you'll excuse my language. He cared about people, about helping people, and about being kind. He had a lot of patience. I guess if there was one thing I learned from my dad, other than how to... I'm going to take that again, I'm sorry. I guess if there was one thing I learned from my dad other than how to weld pieces of armor together is the value of patience. You see, we didn't get a lot of time together in the grand scheme of things. The Aslanti made sure of that when they invaded the research station I grew up on. They took that life away. They killed my mother right in front of him. They made my father do their bidding and work for them after he had left the Vescarium to make his own life as a peaceful researcher. And he waited over half his life for an opportunity to get away. To take his life back. Even if it couldn't be the same as it was. It's a strange and, if I were a religious fellow, I'd say miraculous set of circumstances that put me in the same place as him. It was because of his patience that I got the privilege of helping save him. Not a lot of people get to rescue their dead. But if I'm being honest, 
It was him what rescued me. Once we got back to Absalom Station, we finally started to get to know each other. And I couldn't believe how, how normal he was. He was so cool and calm and funny. He was everything I could have hoped for in a dad. And then I went on vacation, and that turned into another galactic clusterfuck. I'd left him behind again. But he just waited it out. And after all I'd been through, he was so goddamn calm and friendly when I walked in that door. Even up till the end, he was like that. We got to spend the last three years of his life together, and the whole time I'm seeing him get old, I'm getting scared, getting mad and saying it's not fair, we didn't have enough time. The whole time he's just enjoying the ride, watching me get my ass kicked with a smile on his face. I'll always love him for that. His ability to never be in a hurry, to just be present and enjoy the privilege and honor of being with the people you care about. That's a skill most of us never master. It's tough to slow down in the face of time and injustice and loss. The universe is often a terrifying place, but I never once saw fear on his face. That's why, as far as I'm concerned, my dad's the toughest goddamn Vesk anyone's ever seen. Shortly after, Captain Ziva and her team arrive at the Click Clack Club, a bit puffy-eyed, but ready to celebrate the long life of the gregarious Vesk. Ziva eyes the reception area and the food spread and gives a smiling nod of approval in Lestana's direction. The young woman beams in pride and continues her role as host by preparing the buffet for the guests. Ziva looks to Mike and sees that while the Vesk is putting on a strong smile, there is still a lot of hurt in his eyes. This is a wound that only time will heal. She knows that Michael is stronger than ever now, his time in the Vescarium, deepening his martial skills. Perhaps some time in the gym would help her friend work through his sadness. So Heath, I'd like to take this time uh, for you to talk about what you've been up to in the last three years, you know, other than the trip to the Vescarium that we, we talked about in the interlude, and maybe talk a little bit about your level up to 13. Yeah, um, I mean, prior to going to the Vescarium, um, Mike really threw himself into his work. He had a lot of guilt about having to leave the APA without its owner and leader uh, for long periods of time, um, really without a lot of notice. So he's really trying to make up for that by, um, you know, being there for day-to-day -day operations. And, and with the kind of collaboration that we have between the APA, the Pools of Paradise, and the Android Abolitionist Front, which we've kind of established they, whether on or off the books, are trying to go and free, you know, pe peoples that are oppressed and in bad situations, particularly androids. So, um, to help further that endeavor, not only is he present and there uh, when the APA and the Pools need him, but he's actively training um, new recruits and making sure that they are up to snuff and that they understand what this job means and what it's all about. Um, as I said in the interlude, he's kind of been playing drill sergeant for a couple of years before going to the Vescarium. And uh, that made it <clears throat> very easy to justify uh, a couple of things from his level up. 
Uh, he got a new primary fighting style technique and a new secondary fighting style technique. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, the one from Armor Storm at level 13 is Mobile Army. So you get extra damage with weapons integrated into your armor. And when you're in heavier powered armor, you get a plus two to KAC against combat maneuvers. And then his secondary fighting style is Squad, uh, which is the more like support the team kind of uh, fighting style. And he got quick backup. So as a full action, he can move up to twice his speed and make an attack versus a creature that's threatening an ally. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then pretty... being... A... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying that's going to be pretty useful, I think. Right. Well, and I love that one because it's like he sees one of his allies are in danger. And even if he's not nearby, like he can run his double his speed and still make an attack on him to, to intercept, you know? Yeah, like rolling low on initiative isn't as big a deal for you now. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, that's pretty great. Well, and then he also, being a soldier, uh, got a feat. And he, I, all of these work for justifying, you know, uh, or they can be justified by him training all these recruits and stuff and having to show them how it's done and do all, doing all this training. Um, so he also took lunge, so now he can, uh, for uh, minus two to his uh, ACs, he can basically get reach. He can get an extra five feet of reach on his attacks. Oh, fuck So, a- again, another <laughs> thing where he can, like, get in there even when he shouldn't be able to and take an attack on somebody, particularly, like, when they're going to be doing damage to his allies. That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, it sounds like uh, Mike has really been making sure that the APA is really being the, um, at, the, at the top of its game. And I think that it's worth noting that, you know, within this three years, the APA and every, you know, the five of you are all like galactically famous now. You know, you guys have achieved a level of notoriety that is beyond just being famous in Absalom or even the Pact Worlds, you know. Um, obviously, people have heard about you in the Vescarium now, um, and there's... All your businesses have grown, you know, and the APA is not just an office on the corner of a street somewhere. It's a full armory, warehouse, uh, and hangar, um, and training facility, and that, you know, you're supplying... The APA is supplying, like, soldiers and, and bodyguards to the stewards and to the android abolitionist front, you know, like it's, it's a pretty, pretty incredible growth. And I just want to make sure that that is kind of known and recognized. Um, is that all you had Heath for your little level up there? Yeah. Other than Cut. skills and stuff. Oh, well, yeah, well, I, well, one I other thing is I, I spread out some skills. I normally try to hyper-focus, but I got a few that I didn't have any points in because I have that mercenary thing where I auto-succeed on checks to aid. So I've got two right. or three more things I can aid on now. That's awesome. Ziva then looks to Oren and is thankful for the mystic's calming presence here. Over the last three years, they have bonded to a level of trust and understanding that Ziva had not thought possible. Zach, why don't you tell us about Oren and what he's been up to? Yeah, I mean, well, Oren's still, you know, based out of Absalom Station, right? So he never, you know, 
went off to the Vescarium or anything. So uh, he's still done work for the APA, for, you know, the AAF uh, as needed, you know, flying runs, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, whenever he's not required to do something, he's spent a lot of time traveling around to, uh, you know, various Hebraic temples, kind of spending time, you know, learning more about the the science uh, of his faith. I, I think, though, that he's not very satisfied with how traditional Hebraic study is, right? Because he's more of, he's not so much a hard science guy as he is, you know, the mysticism, right? The, you know, the feel um, of the mysteries of the cosmos. But, you know, it's, it's important for him to learn, to study, to grow. He spends a lot of time just drifting in space, right? Just finding a good spot chucking himself out the airlock and just letting it ride um you know it's it's how he it's how he unwinds it's how he centers himself and so you know little this little that uh but he has picked up some some new spells new skills you know he's getting stronger uh much like mike uh being you know a somewhat competent melee fighter he also took lunge great feat to take by the way Heath. that's a love nice knowledge. Lunge, uh, bros. Lunge, absolutely, yeah. We're threatening it at 10 feet. Forget about it. Uh, but he's got some new spells as well. Uh, some of them are really cool. I, I don't want to spend you know, a bunch of time nah, going I, over them, but but they are well, very up, cosmic. Save them for when, when very it's going to be flashy. Yeah. yeah, very helpful, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Zach. Uh, glad to have Oren back in the main party, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's... I know you got a little taste of it at the end of last season, but yeah, it's, you know, it's been about like, six months not yeah, getting to my yeah. character. Yeah. Um, well, now the captain turns her attention to Kuiper, and a wry grin graces her face—a face that, though aged, is still more beautiful than ever. She is glad to see him here, not only for Michael's sake but her own. Having her information gathering agent here always made her feel a bit more safe. So, John. Want to talk a bit about Kuiper and what the last three years in your level up looks like? Yeah. Uh, so Kuiper is a little bit more at ease. He seems to not be carrying as much baggage around uh, lately. And uh, part of that is because of his time over the last three years um, aiding the Siskilian Defense Force. This took place prior to his uh, training with uh, Mike and, the, and Viscarium. But um, he wanted to re-enlist just in effort to keep those uh, who are going to experience what he's experienced or prevent them from experiencing what he's experienced, you know. And uh, in that, he was able to really conquer his fears of uh, that menace and um, as well as through that time managed to uh, expand his fighting capabilities and is uh, embracing his soldier roots a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does that, does that mean a soldier level? Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it oh, does. Oh, shit. Getting mechanically, yes. So uh, that makes three levels into soldier. So he's got a gear boost and everything. Um and uh, along with this, uh, he with his strength and bond, uh, Kuiper has also requested Titanium Mike to fashion his new set of armor, obviously well before all of this. So. 
But as far as any kind of feats or anything, I'm leaving that for later effect. Okay, no problem. Uh, well, it sounds like Kuiper's been pretty busy, so mm-hmm. curious to see what new tricks this cat has learned. Ziva then walks over to Fel and slides an arm into his, giving him a loving wink as she does. The two nod at each other, knowing that words are not needed to express the joy of having each other there. So Josh, we talked a good bit about your rebuild in the interlude, uh, but what else has been going on with Fel in the last three years? Anything particularly of note about the Epic Tracer? And did you remember to call your mom? Uh, so better than calling his mom, he actually went back and spent some good time with him. Oh. Like an actual true vacation with them at home with them for about three or four months. On the farm? Know, actually. Oh. Yeah, on, on, the, on the potato farm. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, How was that? Uh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it made the black site uh, seem like a cakewalk in comparison. <laughs> um, did you help? Did you help Frank with his crosswords? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course he did. That's good. That's good. Of course he did. Uh, but no, after spending some some much deserved and much needed time off, um, got in contact with Tiberius and worked with D9 uh, on various ships and kind of was learning and, and figuring out things to do and what to do and... Um, ended up doing some work on the tracer itself with them and eventually approached Tiberius and asked him about uh, having some massive augmentation work done like major reconstructive type mm-hmm. uh, surgery that we you know we talked about a bit in the uh, in the interlude so it's a bit weird for me though because I'm going from what was a level 10 character to now a rebuilt level 13 character so mm-hmm. The, the comprehensive, like, level-up talk is it would be, uh, yeah. be a Tom talk in itself. Right. Maybe that would be a Tom, a good Tom talk. Yeah, make that's, a, note, a, that's a good one. I didn't think about that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm very proud of you for spending time with your parents. It's difficult <laughs> as that must have been. Um, you've bought yourself a whole adventure's worth of time to, to mm-hmm. not call them. So, good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but, uh, yeah, the rebuilt fell is incredible. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to sh- for you to show him off uh, in this adventure. Um, the Epic Tracer is always awesome. You don't have to go through the whole build. Is there one thing that you you want to talk about? Or uh, it's tanky as fuck now. Like, yeah, it's it's got cr- it, Heath. What was it? The shields were four twenty. I think mm-hmm. total. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, between all four, they add up to 420. <laughs> nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, he, he said that, that was a possibility. I was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, like nice. does it cost 69 build points? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It did not. It did, it did not. not. Oh. No. Um, also, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, one other thing with Fell, that amount of surgery and the time that it took for that, uh, the recovery was probably... I mean, I'd imagine a year plus in itself, mm-hmm. you know, as, as invasive as it was. Yeah. Well, you did spend that year in Tiberius's lab doing, going through the physical therapy to get adjusted, you know, and recover from all that. Um, one thing I do want to talk really quickly about the Epic Tracer is that it is it does have the rune drive in its engine bay. Um, and what that means is that once per... I will say weak, you know, Zeno, which is 
also, you know, in a manner of speaking, part of the Epic Tracer can activate the rune drive uh, to create a temporary portal between planes. No big deal. Which, yeah, which yeah. was MBD. demonstrated also in the interlude. Uh, but, it, you know, your ship is extremely valuable and extremely rare. The Epic Tracer is. And in its rebuilding, you know, once it was excavated finally from the mountains of the dark side of Verses, um, it got a, it got a, a total like refresh. Um, and I also just want to take this opportunity to shout out to Sput. That, Big shout out to Sput. Yeah. Like we got a refreshed map too. Like in truly, I mean, mm. it's, been, it's on the discord. You guys have had the opportunity to look at it, so but good. you know, for your characters, this ship is now pristine and, and truly your home away from home in a lot of ways. Um, and it's a really, really, the, the, the Epic Tracer to me is the sixth character of this yeah. party, you know? For sure. Um, so, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that real quick. So finally, after giving her affection to all of her closest friends, Noriko Zivarajni prepares herself to stand at the receiving line to welcome the guest. She reflects inward now and chuckles to herself at the amount of growth and trust that has developed among the APA. So, Emily, by now, you know the drill. What has our fearless captain been up to for the last three years? Um, so, <laughs> most of the crew uh, hasn't been around the captain. So, Ziva sort of decided to turn her interests in a, to a more broader scope. Um, not just focusing on the pools, not just focusing on the APA, but on Absalom Station, the Pact Worlds. Just a very a big, a big eye. Okay, she's got a big eye right now. Um, so we, we've, we've gone into politics. Um, over the past couple of years, Ziva used a lot of her information, a lot of the information that Kuiper had helped to uh, garner for her. Um, and also just being a good steward. Not not a steward. Not a steward. But a steward of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, of Absalom Station in general. Um, managed to become elected as a councilwoman for... Um, I believe that the term is uh, the Syndic's Guild. It's the official, like neighborhood-based council. Um, so that is what she's been doing for the past year, is specifically working as a councilwoman for the Ring District. Um, so not being able to put in as much time at the pools as she used to, she stepped away from kind of some of her more hands-on duties that she used to have at the pools. Um... A few of her clients have had to had to you know find new madams, um, and she feels kind of lighter for it in a sense. Uh, even though the amount of responsibility has grown with her new role, it feels like she's able to do more. Uh, she's also been kind of focusing a little more inward. She's used a lot of some of the tactics and suggestions that Oren has instilled in her from Ibraic teachings 
to help kind of meditate and focus inward on some of the major issues that she faced during their time in the shadow plane. She is a lot better. She definitely still has a few scars. And um, you'll probably see some of her coping methods as we move through this uh, the next few episodes. Um, but as far as level up kind of specifics, as she's been working on her political career, so too has her diplomacy increased in that um, I now have my expertise die went from a 1d6 to 1d8 plus 2 and I now can use that towards diplomacy so uh, it's one of my like 7 different things that I can use just rolling that extra d8 you know, on top just, of your already extremely high diplomacy yeah you know cool cool cool, cool. I, like you do like you do so that's gonna come in, in, in very useful you know and I think that it's very appropriate for Ziva I love the idea of Ziva the politician especially after the events of Signal Screams I don't think the Madamry would uh, hold the same appeal yeah. after all, you know everything that you went through you know absolutely um, and then the last kind of thing that I'll touch on is uh, the one the feat that I chose it may seem really simplistic but it's called soothing telepathy um, and essentially, your psychic ability bolsters your mental defenses, and you can extend that strength to nearby allies. So after all of the shit that they had to deal with in the shadow plane, all of the mental, you know, anguish and bombardment that they went through, she wants to be able to shield her allies and and comfort them as much as possible. So essentially, it creates a uh, plus two insight bonus against saving throws against mind affecting effects. So just, awesome. Uh, yeah, I just, looking out for everybody. I just want to say I'm really all about this Tommy Shelby arc that Ziva yeah. is on. I think that's super cool. <laughs> yeah, going right. from mobster to politician, I'm about it. It's you know heartwarming mm-hmm. and, and stuff. yeah, it's so wholesome. Wholesome, <laughs> <laughs> wholesome. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, is that you? Yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah. Okay. Um, well, in that case. Um, after some time at the wake, Ziva, you're standing at the front door kind of receiving area of the Click Clack Club, and you see two unfamiliar faces approach the entrance. One, a beautiful half-elf with flowing white hair and angular features. The other following close behind, impossible to miss with their draconic build and beautiful white wings. And uh, i got a handout for you guys here that you may be a little familiar with I am familiar with that uh, we'll see if you remember but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll press forward uh, Ziva straightened her vest as they approached wondering what this half elf and dragon kid could possibly want at this time as they neared she could sense that they were worried and anxious but clearly uncomfortable disrupting such a personal event Ziva put on a smile and reached out a hand to greet this pair Greetings, Councilwoman Ziva. My name is uh, Delphi Morganhouse, and this is Yvarik Star Eater. We're so terribly sorry to disturb you here. In fact, we're only here now to ask for a meeting with you and your team. We felt we needed to speak face to face to impart the importance of this matter, but we do want to respect the circumstances of this wake. Again, I am terribly sorry to intrude, but... 
It's quite important. And so, yeah, I imagine the two of you talk. Ziva, what are you, what's your response to this? Do you arrange a meeting or do you um, talk yeah. to the rest of your group? Or So I feel like now that everybody's kind of back, um, I, I feel like that. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like an integrated APA pools of paradise uh, calendar kind of type thing. We all have <laughs> access to each other's calendars. Um and Ziva would kind of look around at the room and really not want to bother the rest of the crew with this. Um, especially not really knowing any of the specific details, but seeing how nervous the pair are. I mean, she'd pull up her calm unit and, you know, uh, let's see. The earliest we have available is uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, just afternoon. I believe I can get all of the crew to be present is that uh, soon enough uh yes that that's be wonderful thank you so much um yes uh, we'll we'll leave you to it again i'm terribly sorry for your loss and we very much look forward to seeing you tomorrow thank you so we'll kind of snap forward to the meeting hall at the pools of paradise the conference room and you are all gathered there and you all see this uh, beautiful half-elf woman and her dragonkin, uh, they're soul-bonded, yes? Yes. Yeah, soul-bonded uh, dragonkin, um, and they stand before you. Greetings, members of the Apollo Protection Agency. Thank you for taking the time to meet with Yvarik and I. I'll get right to the point. Yvarik and I are Xeno Wardens, and we are part of a joint project with Abadar Corp and New Horizon Resorts. You may know that Abadar Corp has recently acquired New Horizon from Eclipse Innovations as more damning evidence has surfaced of their involvement in the events of the Penumbra release three years ago. Events that I know you all had first-hand experience with. I am glad to see that you are all here because we need your help. New Horizons is developing a winter resort on the planet Jedarat. Something I'm sure you are all also aware of. What you may not know is that as construction and terraforming efforts progressed, ancient ruins were discovered just under the surface. At this discovery, the Xena Wardens were called in to assure that the ruins were treated properly and studied with respect. Most of the ruins were long abandoned and have proven fruitless in any meaningful research. However, recently there was a team sent to a new ruin site, and this one was not empty. A large spiraling tunnel led down underground, and a Xena Warden team was sent in to investigate. Unfortunately, something happened down below and the ruins technology came back online causing utter chaos on the surface of Jedarat. Now I know the idea of going to another resort to investigate another strange occurrence is probably the last thing that any of you want to do, but we need you and I think you'll want to go because one of the team members is someone you know. A mystic named Weldy Man. Emily, take an inspiration for 
doing that for me. I appreciate it. Um, and now I'll let you guys talk amongst yourselves about this mission that's been presented to you. Man, I just have to say that Welby's last name still absolutely kills me. <laughs> Every no, time. Dude. Every like, time. My mic was muted, but I was like out loud, just like... <laughs> just dying. Just dying. Agreed. Oh, um, well, shit, y'all. And I will say that's the extent of what Emily knows. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the about the the yet another resort. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> considering how the last one turned out. Here's another detail that she would, of course, let you all know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hundred thousand credit reward, I guess, for doing the job. Well, oh, shit, Adam. That's all you had to say. Yeah, we go. We good now. <laughs> shit. When do we leave? Um, no, that's that's chump change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for each of us, right? No. 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 Oh, okay. oh, no. Yeah. Well, no. No. Gotcha. Never mind. How much? How much is Weldy really even worth? Because I haven't seen him in like four <laughs> years. Certainly not <laughs> that much. I don't even know Weldy. Who is this Weldy? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um. We've got to go back and get my sword. <laughs> Don't worry about Weldy. I need that sword back. I'm pretty Tile sure you all leveled that shit, that sword. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has by now as well. Oh, uh, so, okay. Uh, shit. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to say no. I, I, I'm, I've been itching to, to try out all this, this all, all my new tricks. And who knows? Maybe something might come up while we're there. Please don't don't tempt fate. I, I, look, I don't want it to, but like, <laughs> but you kind of do. But <laughs> but I wouldn't be mad about it if it did. You know what I'm saying? I, I think Orin's Won't curious. Sit there and do nothing. Yeah. Orin's <laughs> curious. You know, like what happened to the kid? Um, she tells you that they are still trapped in the ruins. Um, that a force field of sorts covered over the top that leads down, and nobody's been able to get in. And it's been very difficult because shortly after everything activated, Jedrat's weather systems went insane. And it's now been a full-on blizzard there nonstop ever since this happened. Um, and it's kind of screwed with all their terraforming and, and construction technology. Um, and where, they haven't been able to get in. Where is Jedrat? Uh, it, I don't. I don't know. Is it in the vast or like? No, yeah, we, I think it's in near space. We need okay. coordinates. We need you do. Coordinates. She does give you the coordinates. It says right here that they give you the coordinates. Oh, okay. excellent. excellent. That's handy. Okay. That's All good. Right, perfect. Well, uh, look, loath as I am to willingly go to another fucking resort, um, we are the Apollo Protection Agency, and this is this is Weldy, man. Um, <laughs> we should go. We should definitely go save him. Yeah, yeah no, not been, us. Who else? I've been getting uh, itchy feet. Is is that right? Is that how you say in fact? I don't. I don't think so, Kuiper. I don't, uh, I don't really think it's itchy I left feet, the but cream I like for it. that in the other just, room. Just pee on your feet in the shower, mate. Oh uh, well, well. Regardless, it's it would be nice to be back with the crew. So you can cut me in. Been a while since we've had a good old fashioned romp, huh? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm ready to try out this new Doshko after a year of training. He, like, picks up his badass flame Doshko off his back. He is quite lethal. (laughs) I've got Um, the third tooth. Right. Right. 
So um, she'll tell you that. I assume so. You guys are going to take the job, obviously. Or, or, nah. Or we're no, just going to like end season three you right know here. What? Season That's three. It. You know what? Let's run a bar. Let's derail the whole yeah. campaign. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's run a tavern. Come on. We we purchased the click clack yeah. club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fuck we want to get really in depth with click clack club I've, management. I've decided. Mm-hmm. Let's just make the entirety of Absalom Station a bar. There you yeah. go. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, Mike gets really introspective at the wake and is just like, you know what? This place is really nice. It means a lot to me. <laughs> Maybe I think I, I want to spend the rest yeah. of my life here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His golden gloves like over the bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely change it, yeah. changes it to a boxing-themed bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Delphi tells you that the person to your... the liaison that you'll meet there... Uh, is a woman named Esafina Knott, and she is the Abadar Corp liaison there. Um, she mentions that she's a stern but caring woman uh, who is eager to try to save these scientists. She certainly doesn't want their deaths um, on, on her, uh, not just because she's responsible for this project out here, but also just because she's a, a empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been about a day, well, I guess three days at this point. Because um, they rolled well on their drift travel. <laughs> and the Andy. good thing about Absalom Station is that it's, you know. Star Stone. Yeah. yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, which is, is you know, the, the core of, of it. And the good thing about y'all is that you have. Uh, the rune drive, which will allow you to move at a pretty fast clip through mm-hmm. the drift. Um, so you could get there in a, in a short amount of time. And because you guys have built up the APA so much, and because Ziva is, uh, you know, has a lot of connections and Pools of Paradise has continued to rake in the funds, you all have also upgraded your gear and what i want this to be is i want you guys to imagine yourselves like strapping up you know like a a, a montage of everybody just like real close-up shots of them like you guys putting on your your armor and and holstering your weapons and everything and i want to say what i did what this means mechanically is that i basically let you guys re-outfit yourselves as level 13 characters by wealth you know, so you were given whatever that wealth amount was to kind of just get what you wanted. And so everything that you had on before, uh, I didn't have you sell it. I assumed that that went towards the APA and the armory there and, and building up the supplies that you need for the people that you employ there. So real quick, I don't want to spend 30 minutes going through everything on your sheets. But let's just quickly talk about what you're most excited about with your new gear. Uh, let's start with Heath. Yeah, so, I mean, in this, like, training, or not training, but uh, gearing up montage, Mike would definitely be going over all the, uh, you know, intricacies, making sure everything's good on his armor and particularly on Kuiper's armor. Uh, which he helped build, but for himself, uh, he he actually streamlined a lot. I got rid of a bunch of stuff because I had, you know, my inventory had gotten quite bloated. Uh, so we we slimmed down and got. I just have a dashko and a fist, and on my new uh, 
armor that I built for myself based on the Inheritor's Grace 2, which is badass, I integrated rocket pauldrons, so he has a big gun integrated into the armor on his left shoulder, um, so he won't have to, like, use his hands to fire guns, so he can always have either his dashko or his fists ready. Uh, and the big thing, because I'm an armor storm, was I have a lot of space to put armor upgrades in. So I put an auto CPR unit in, so if I, like, get you know get in a situation where i'm about to die my suit will you know give me one more chance it'll it'll put the old paddles on the chest so to speak um and i got a force pack so i have a fly speed nice um nice. and then i still have juggernaut boosters that helps my uh, you know my my combat maneuver stuff and i got an electro uh static field mark three so i have resistance to electricity and when somebody hits me they get damaged by electricity wow that's cool that's cool yeah a little, little shocking titanium now right Love and it. then of, of course i have a uh level 14 uh flame dashko with the ghost and i put that old ghost killer on it so it can hit incorporeal nice nice Noise. All right. Well, let's see if John can follow my instructions and not list everything that you got. John, what did you get? What you got on your equipment upgrades here? Uh, so I feel like uh, something that was that feels like it'd be considered um, very typical of uh, Vescarium. Uh, the armor that Kyber requested of Mike to uh, create. Um, it's kind of a sim- uh, symbolism. I mean, it symbolizes a declaration of his conquering of his fears, um, and that he's claiming it in the form of armor. So, what this is, he is equipped with Vivisector Exochiton. The hell? Yeah. So, how I imagine he would be gearing up is like you can see this gear, which is just a carbon fiber fabric with uh, the Agamason hex weave. Uh, that's uh, overlaid by polymer plates, um, reminiscent of chitin, um, along Swarm. with yes. chitin to be specific. Yeah, yeah, uh, reminiscent of chitin, along with a faceplate that evokes the visage of a thresher lord. So Kuiper is looking especially more buggy lately, <laughs> um, and it's really so. Fun. You're Ant Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I mean, Ant Cat Man. Yeah, Ant Cat Man. I am Bug Man. And um, <laughs> along with that, he's got his uh, trusty skip shot pistol and Gale Baton, um, which is, I guess, a physical analog of a Solarian's weapon, which is really fucking cool. Nice. Excellent. Uh, all right, Zach. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Orin is... is uh, Understated, if nothing else, right? Uh, he, you know, he's got his armor, which is just like a, a flight suit, a D suit uh, that he wears underneath his traditional uh, Ebraic robes, right? Obviously, he's going to put on his trusty old red cloak uh, before he heads out. Put his bandolier over that that has the, you know, back holster. Uh, he'll he'll put his sidearm on, you know, in his holster on his hip. Put his knife in his boot. You know, grab his satchel, and then he'll reach down and uh, grab his brand new uh, advanced seeker rifle that he had custom made. Um, it is reminiscent of his uh, lost Evelyn, but is not obviously. Um, 
It is superior, though, in basically every way. And um, Does it have a name carved into it? We'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Uh, all right. Its Excellent. name is Weldy. It's definitely not Weldy. It's 100% Weldy. It's certainly not Weldy. But uh, yeah, okay. Orin, uh, he's good. outfitted and ready to go. Excellent. Uh, all right, Fel, what are we looking at? So I'm going to do what you ask. I got a better gun, better armor next person. <laughs> what? Take inspiration, Josh. Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. So so I, I did do both of those things. Um, but yeah, Fel's armor this time around looks a little bit more, I think, Destiny Titan. Okay. Or cool. kind of Spartan-esque from Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's heavy armor, so it's it looks Potato, potato, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like the back of the farm. Um <laughs> but the the biggest thing is that I finally wisened up and added a uh, conserving fusion to my there weapon. You go. Which, uh, considering how I'm going to be playing this, is going to be very important for shots that don't hit to not expend crap loads of ammo. That's awesome. Um, and then the ones that do, you know. But uh, but yeah, 19 notch plasma fork as uh, the the rifle or the plasma gun, plasma rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the armor is a Kalo Encounter Suit 3. Wow. Uh, with mobility enhancer, silicon armor casing, which is kind of neat. We'll get into that later. People listening, I'm sure you can look it up. Uh, and then a thermal capacitor, because I had a little bit extra change to spare. Well, it's good that you got it, considering you're going to a frozen, blizzard-infested or run over uh, planet. When you said that, I was looking at my character sheet or looking at the armor specifically. I was like, ooh, happy <laughs> mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that leaves the captain. Um. So Ziva's armor, I will say, has uh, a lot less uh, ornate embellishments uh, than it used to have. It is, it's brand new armor. It is shift skin two. Um, and I got jump jets added to it because, you know, <laughs> jump jets. Um, but the big thing for G- for Ziva is her sword. Inevitable downfall has been with her for a while now. But just as she's grown, she needs the sword to do some growing as well. So over the course of time, while we've been, you know, apart, she went and had the sword melted down. And used it, as well as Inubricks, to be remade into an ultra-thin curved blade. Oh, shit. And uh, it's got, let's see, like four different fusions on it. I got real excited about the <laughs> yeah. fusions. <laughs> when I was putting it in, it's like the the it's like five descriptors before yeah, you actually get to the blade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's impressive. Um, I'm going to keep the fusions to myself. Okay. But just just imagine, you know, she's suiting up. She's is a very very sleek armor, mm-hmm. and she pulls her sword up and like attaches it to her back. And let at, me at, let me ask okay. you this: Is it are you still calling it inevitable downfall, or are you got yeah. a new name brewing? So this is kind of the way Ziva sees it. Mm-hmm. She's still Ziva after she was remade. Mm-hmm. So is the sword. Okay. I like it. Because like it's it. made from the same metal, you know, right. the base metal. So it's just made, it's just become better. It's just become better. Love it. 
we see the APA all like decked out in like top tier armor and weaponry and just looking shiny as all get out and like truly looking like a strike force of immense power and capability. You know, long gone is the uncertainties of season one. Long gone is the inner turmoil of season two. We are looking at a proud and confident and connected team ready to take on a new mission. You guys are at the hangar of the APA, the shared hangar of the APA and the Pools of Paradise. And per usual, Little Mother likes to see the crew off when they leave. Um, and so the five of you are there with Uli being a, being all motherly. Now you you be careful and and, and come back and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys want to do anything before you get in the ship or... Um, so kind of as everybody's getting on the ship and preparing to leave, uh, Ziva would turn and sort of out of like a pouch along her belt, pull out like a set of keys, like very kind of ornate keys and would kneel down so that she's at eye level with Uli. Little mother, you've taken care of this crew, the pool's of me you have held our family together in so many ways and I know that you will continue to do so regardless of whether I am here or even involved the pools are yours take care of them as you take care of everyone else. I love you, Ori. I, I, don't, I don't... I don't understand. It, they're just mine until you come back, right? No. When I come back, I will have so much more to deal with on my plate, with the elections and, you know, getting on the packed council, because let's be honest, of course I will on the back council. Of course you will, yes. I, 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 I don't know what, what to say, Ziva. I, I, this, these are your pools. No. They're ours. And you'll take care of them, as you always have. Keep an, keep an eye on Etram. You know, he gets in trouble. <laughs> uh, Uli kind of takes a second. Kind of collects herself and stands up a little taller, a little prouder, and says, Yes, madam. I will take care of the pools, and you are always welcome as my honored guest at Uli's Pools of Paradise. <laughs> she would kiss her on the forehead and get onto the ship. I love you too, Ziva. <laughs> Make sure I get that in there. I don't yeah. want to leave that hanging. Is Lestana present? Do you want her to be? Kinda, yeah. Yeah, sure. She's there. Yeah. Um, Mike, like witnessing this or whatever, as they're about to load up, uh, kind of walks over and just puts a hand on Lestana's shoulder and says, You've grown, kiddo. You look great. Help you, lover, with her responsibilities. I will. 
I will, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for everything. I will. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I'll see you later. Yeah, I'll be here. Um, so, you all board the Epic Tracer. Tier 13 Epic Tracer with the rune drive on it. Yep. And some badass rooms and cabins. Um, and, yeah, I, Zach, at this point, Oren can kind of gather everybody... Where do you want to get, gather them? In the, the arcane laboratory or in your conference room or in the lounge? In or the movie, movie theater? theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie theater. You know, the galley in, is in, fine, in right? Like on the way to the bridge. Uh, yeah. Um, no no particular necessary location, but Oren's like, listen, it's uh, been a while since we've all been together and uh, going out on another one of these missions to get together and I... Uh, just want to do something uh you know should uh should we get separated or should discretion be required please gather around and uh orin would have everybody gather in a circle kind of uh hold hands and obviously you know his his uh telepathic and mystical powers have certainly grown and uh, as everybody gathers around they kind of feel this energy pulsing between them and uh, Oren casts uh, his mystic class feature telepathic bond so essentially he links the entire party telepathically we are now able to all communicate with each other telepathically over any distance as long as we are on the same plane and, I mean, for Oren, for Ziva, communicating telepathically is, is no big deal. They've, they've done it for a long time, but uh, I would imagine it's got to be a, a kind of a weird sensation uh, when you hear Oren in your head say, Did it work? Yeah, Mike, not at all familiar with this, is like, Is this thing on? Does it work? <laughs> not check, out loud, Mike. Michael. Just think. I was, try- I was trying to think. Uh... And in your mind, you hear, is this thing on? Uh, Norton kind of winces at how loud it is in his head. Yeah, it's on. So, so wait, how do we choose when we do and when we don't? It's about intention, Fel. Just reach out. All right. All right. Yeah, I think I can. Uh, can can we? Is it is it just words or can can we share pictures as well? Emojis. Emojis. Emojis only, Phil. Should be no problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, but uh, it doesn't specify, right? It doesn't uh, specify, like, you know, what what you can share. It says communicate telepathically, so I'd imagine that would be your words, right? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's yeah. no special uh, power influence that's established as a result of the bond, but um, the duration is permanent. It, you know, it. Oh shit! Yeah, that Forever. is so wild. Yeah, unless, unless so I, I can end cool. it, right? But I can, you know. Um, but wow. there is no duration. Yeah. There is no range. As long as we are on the same plane, anywhere in the material plane, regardless of distance, you, we can reach out to each other, and uh, to and it works for everyone. Like you, we can communicate to everyone simultaneously, or to one individual, and that works for everybody. So. 
God, so can you cool. imagine how annoying that's going to get like after the adventure's over when like <laughs> Mike's in his <laughs> workshop or whatever and just has a wild hair or a thought and is like, hey, Oren, you remember that movie we watched? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oren would be like, listen, if any of you bother me while I'm sleeping, I'll find you and I'll flog you. Better be important. <laughs> Ziva comes in. I'm like, oh, Oren, I didn't realize that you were into that. That's so interesting. Yeah, okay. All right, Cap. <laughs> uh, so, Captain, you lead your team to the bridge of the Epic Tracer um, and give the coordinates to Oren that Delphi has given you for Jedirat. What do you say to your team as you embark on a new adventure? Gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be back on board. I know that this uh, reason for our journey is a bit somber, but once we get our sweet boy Weldy out of this situation, we can have a little bit of fun. I think we're due for that, yeah? But in the meantime... Back to business. Oren, take us out. Aye, aye, Captain. And Oren will set controls. And we'll see you. Hey! <laughs> yes. Oh. Gang's all here. Gang.